Shri Guru Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai Shri Shri Gaurada Madhava Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi Morning Any questions this morning? Yes? Uh, you mentioned yesterday to me that good Sangha means uh, like-minded and affectionate mm. associates. And I'm noticing that, especially in the social media, but even maybe further than that, the it's a minefield for a new bhakta. Uh, it's conflicting. Not in, not only are there religious uh, different religious paths, but even within a path of religion, like Gaudiya Vaishnavism, there's so many conflicting. Uh, Devotees that seem to be at odds with one another. So, really, what, <laughs> what would be your instructions to How to a new bhakta, you know, to avoid that minefield and and what precautions can be there? Because I see a lot of confusion you know, mm, in that well, marketplace of the or an old bhakta. <laughs> well, I can tell you that. Um, I tried to um, be a, a voice of sanity and scriptural conclusions and in that um, uh, format for some time, and um, I got a fair amount of appreciation uh, from persons who were reading and so forth, and um, I, I tried it in different ways. And I found that it was uh, overall not worth it. I hate to say that in a sense, because if one person is benefited by it, it, it it's worth it in, in, in a sense. But um, it's such an unconducive environment um, that uh, I found it... Uh, very frustrating myself uh, these days. Anybody can sit behind a keyboard and, and uh, you can't see what they do, <laughs> what they're actually like, and they can write anything. They could sound intelligent to, to with regard to Gaudi Vaishnavism to an un, uninformed person, and um, and and so, as you say, it's very uh, confusing. So, at any rate, what I have done myself in terms of what I do, I mean, I'm not confused by what's out there, but I'm frustrated by by what's out there. And um, and um, you can make, you know, my experience very well-reasoned, scripturally supported, and um, points with tolerance and respect even for other people who are, in one sense, hardly worthy of it in, in terms of their opinions, and um, be met with just uh, very uh, crazy, uh, illogical, unreasonable responses. I've said before, and it brings it to mind um, as we speak on this subject, that one of my faults, my biggest faults, is that I uh, tend to think that people who have demonstrated themselves to be unreasonable 
will respond reasonably to good reason. <laughs> it just doesn't happen for the most part. So, um, so it's been very uh, frustrating, and um, and so I've gravitated towards participating in a limited way in forms that can be controlled to some extent um, and undesirable elements um, can be uh, dealt with effectively so that they don't clutter the the landscape, so to speak. Um, It's just like if we hold a program here and we invite everyone and then some people are very rowdy and and, and and whatnot. Then we have a way of kind of saying, sorry, you have to leave now, something like that. So I think you have to have uh, forums, if you will, like that. And uh, how people will get to them hmm, is up to the, is probably through the people who participate in those forums and also participate elsewhere, which I'm not doing. But um, we have, for example, a uh, site called Harmonist, and it's r- it's run by my students, uh, Gauravani and Prem Bhakti, and they publish articles there that um, are both core Gaudiya philosophy and that are also uh, include includes articles dealing with topics that might be of an interest to someone who is a Gaudiya Vaishnava and is spiritually, obviously, in, in, in involved in spiritual pursuit and um, uh, would be interested in topics, uh, how other people approach similar topics. I've written articles about it, for example, either science and spirituality type of issues that we deal with. Other people are dealing with them, and so... Um, those types of articles or news articles that may be of interest and so forth um, are published there. And um, we've had that uh, forum for a while and it accepts comments and so forth. And uh, sometimes we get comments that aren't worth publishing and so we don't, we don't, we don't give them a, the microphone. Uh, and, uh, and we're very... Um, um, we, we, we do tolerate a fair amount, uh, uh, but if people become unreasonable and their doubts, for example, they become unreasonable, then we don't we don't allow it to go on. So it's controlled, and and um, um, that site in particular is is a good site. It's a very good site. It's unique in that way that it is not uh, insular. Um, it's integrated with the thought currents of the world today and um, affords uh, participants in it who are primarily Gaudiya Vaishnavas, that's the core of it, to get uh, some um, experience through the articles that we publish of what other people in contemporary spirituality are thinking or what from the non-theistic sector who is who are who preach against theism or spirituality, some of their arguments and so on and so forth. 
I mean, it, it, the climate out there is so bad, as you say. One of the aspects of it is a fundamentalist kind of orientation that we get people who come on there and say, what kind of article is this? What does this have to do with Krishna? You know, it's like, Krishna's broader than you might think. Uh, so, uh, and that's part of the problem out there. But anyway, that's, you know, and I do comment on that uh, forum on articles and so forth, and uh, other people do, and um, I think that's an example of a kind of an internet forum where you can um, participate in uh, uh, Gaudiya of culture and discussions and in a thoughtful way. Um, but it, again, it's, it's something that's monitored and uh, it's out there. Yeah. If people do a search for a topic, they might come up with, you know, with the site and uh, it gets a fair amount of visitors and so forth. Um, but um, that is, again, um, I think the uh, uh, kind of environment that can uh, uh, take advantage, if we will, of the, of the, of the Internet as an opportunity to um, um, give people exposure to to go to your Vaishnavism, but these free-for-alls and whatnot are, uh, <laughs> they're not uh, very uh, very conducive. But then, you know, people participate, for example, in, in Harmonist, or we have a Facebook site called Tatva Vivek, and it's just only people who are affiliated with our sect are, or are on there, and so it's a, con- it's a controlled environment. I mean, it's not... I'm not talking about censorship here or something. I'm just talking about creating an environment that's going to be conducive for thoughtful exchange of um, ideas about Krishna consciousness that uh, that is conducted within the parameters that it should be conducted within, where there's scriptural support for points that are made and and the objective is to understand the, the texts in an ongoing way and, and to associate with others and and so forth. And so, as I say, members of these forums are those who participate in there, and they may be active in other ways, on the Internet, on Facebook, or somebody themselves, and they meet people, and they can invite people to come and participate. But without those, without those kinds of um, controls, I mean, it's, it's difficult. And you, you know, you have the other side where, where there's a controlled format, and good ideas aren't allowed to be on there because it's it's a control from a sectarian um, institutional uh, vantage point. And, uh, you know, we're not like that. I'm not at all, as you know, sectarian, and, and uh, we don't have a big institution to protect here. <laughs> here. It's mostly thoughts, and some things manifest out of the thoughts that are uh, physical and more tangible, or less, less abstract, I should say. Um, but um, um, otherwise, yeah, it's uh, it's a minefield, and um, it's uh, but it's 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 not relative to spirituality. I mean, it's just the world. It's just so much information, and and, and so you you know anybody gets on there and says, "I was a CIA operative, you know, for thirty years," and. Um, and if you all know the truth, here's what it is, you know. And you don't know if the guy's a CIA operative or, or, or whatever, you know. 
if you look, if you've got a brain, you look at everything on there, whatever attracts your attention, and follow up on it. See if the guy isn't just got out of the hospital, you know, who's uh, telling you what the truth of the news is, and so forth. So it's uh, as many, as much as there, there is a groundswell of uh, in the popular sector of. Um, uh, of uh, discontent with the mainstream media, the non-mainstream media is pretty bizarre, as well in other ways. So, <laughs> so uh, it's not if exclusive to spiritual culture, or certainly to, not to our tradition. It's just the state of affairs. That's the downside of of just having so much information available. It's a problem, just like like it's it was thought and is probably still in some circles that the that freedom that happiness is about choices, having more choices. I mean, it's just a huge problem. You, you if you want to buy anything and you gotta sort through ten thousand different people that are selling it and what they say about it. Then you go to Amazon to get the reviews, and then you find out half the reviews are fake, and it's just like, it's a, it's bizarre. <laughs> so uh, too much information, too many opportunities. Hmm? Um, are, are, these things are not necessarily, in many means, a recipe for for happiness or arriving at conclusive, um, a conclusive understanding that will be be that will help you to. Um, improve the quality of your life um, and um, so it's uh, yeah it's, it's 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 a problem I mean it has its advantages but every my point here is that everybody's dealing with the problem the government probably deals with the problem and the government's part of the problem and <laughs> as well so uh, uh, therefore, Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Charitamrita, these older texts, they they make a good point when they say that Brahmanda, for example, Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagavan Jeev, Guru Krishna Prasadi Bhai Bhakti Lata Beej. If one's lucky, one finds a real guru. He says, lucky or lucky. There's an explanation of that, of course, a philosophical explanation of what lucky means, but... Um, it's by good fortune, and in in times gone by, it, this was thought to be the case that there were many distractions and and so forth, and it certainly hasn't uh, changed. It's only um, increased um, in many respects. So, what can you say? I mean, there's the good side and the bad comes with it. So, you have exposure that you wouldn't have. People have opportunity, for example, in our tradition, to hear about it, its beauty, its charm, and so forth, that they might not have otherwise. And then they have opportunity to hear about distorted representations of it, misrepresentations of it. And, and um, so you try to minimize the downside in some way and maximize the advantage that that particular um, vehicle provides. And... Um, that said, I think that uh, with regard to our tradition of Gaudiya Vedanta, if someone becomes interested in that and they um, and they find a source that is really compelling and inspiring, 
and um, they look into it and they find that the example corresponds with the precept and um, then they would do good to then hone their association to um, include those who are of a similar persuasion whose faith has grown in the same way around the same conception and to avoid um, um, or or to not consider that association out of that outside of that is necessarily um, what is termed sadhusanga or association with saintly persons and therefore the terms that um, you speak of uh, svajatiya snigdasya these are given by the Goswamis that Sadhusanga means to associate with devotees. And there are different kinds of devotees. So there are devotees who are less advanced than ourselves. There are our, there are those who are our, are our peers. And there are those who are more advanced than ourselves. And Rupa Goswami has given a formula, basically, of how to associate with neophyte devotees, with intermediate devotees, on the part of other intermediate devotees. And and superlative devotees. So, for example, the intermediate devotee is characterized by having this type of discrimination. He or she knows how to associate with those who are less progressive by, by showing them kindness, setting an example for them, offering the teaching to them as much as they're receptive and interested and curious to know and so forth. Amongst the peers to exchange thoughts that are... Um, uh, about the topics, the discussions, share them, and after the talks, to relish them, and this point, and that point, and uh, look them up, and this type of thing amongst one another. And then for those who are superior, to hear from them, to render service to them, um, and so forth. This is the basic formula. And all of this, at the same time, is for it to be Sadhusanga, in much as the neophyte, the intermediate, and the advanced devotees are all sadhus, in a sense, they're all sadhakas, they're all practitioners, they're all on the path. All of that, it should be within the context of that which is on top of that, favorable, like-minded, um, like-minded and, um, and uh, affectionate, uh, so to speak. So in like-minded, we, can have, we, we have to have, obviously, a couple of d- definitions of that, a broader definition. broader definition is that my faith has come and grown and is being nourished in a particular way, and another person's faith is being encouraged in that same way, by the same person, by the same sangha, and so forth. So we're like-minded, so we should stick together. Hmm? As our faith has grown, just like faith... We get faith by having the association of, of devotees. And once the faith comes, then we want to increase the faith now by more association, and that will be in a more focused way. Hmm? Because without any focus, I had the association and, and I got faith in, in these topics. Hmm? And now I've got that, so I want to carry that into association and and I want to um, further it. 
So in the context of that type of association with faith, I'm going to find someone who really stands out in terms of precept, in terms of example, that really is compelling and so forth, and then I want to attach myself to that, to him or her. This is the idea of finding the guru. And then other people have found it has Krishna has come to them, let us say, in the same way. So their association is like-minded. It's like-minded. And you have much in common there, significantly in common, enough to form some type of a, a, a bond. This is a, this is a broad idea. And then uh, affectionate. Well, if in, in, in the context of the association there should be some, there should be affectionate dealings as part of Krishna consciousness. So if, now, what are affectionate dealings that you have to um, think about a little bit too? Because it's not just um, kind of new agey, you know, body. What do they call touchy feely? You know, kind of. Uh, you know, uh, association, for example, with the guru is association with a guru. So it's affection that we should expect in the context of the nature of the relationship. So it's not that, well, I have a guru, so I have a, should have an affectionate romantic relationship because that's what I think is affectionate or that he's going to be, you know, my, my father, you know, uh, or... Uh, no, he's the guru. So he or she teaches and... You know, if you bring an apple, you know, to class, it used to be, you know, it means you must be appreciating and the teacher going to pay some attention. And so, and the teacher is, 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 the guru in this case is giving the teachings, and if he or she sees the student is interested in learning and asking questions about it, naturally his, his or her attention is going to be, uh, go there and think, my time is being well spent. And there's going to be an, aff- an affectionate bond that develops. That's the basis of the bond in the first place. So the basis of the bond in the first place, first place is that has to be cultured for it to be um, developed that much more. So it's a teacher-student relationship, really, that can border on obviously on, on friendship with within certain parameters. Hmm? Um, so it's the nature. So we have to look for affection in the context of the nature of the relationship. And wise love can also sometimes be a little tough love, as they say. Hmm. So, you know, you can ask Guru Maharaj, I was thinking about, maybe I should do this, what do you think? Those, you know, to have a meaningful relationship, you have to ask the question with this, with the interest of hearing, no, that's not a good idea, or yes, that's a good idea. Not just, I want to... I wanted this to be a good idea, and if it's not, it wasn't very affectionate, you know. I, I, you know <laughs> the, he in the point there, you know. You, you, so, uh, so, otherwise, I mean, in general, Gaudiya Vaishnavas should be affectionate. The devotees are affectionate with one another and so forth. Uh, um, uh, somebody was telling me that a fellow had joined an anti-cult group and he was saying that oh, it was so, everybody was so affectionate and, and and so forth. I mean, it's just it's the same way everybody comes here. I mean, people are affectionate, they're kind. <laughs> um, 
not not, not absent in 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 uh, other other groups. He was a member of a similar group. So, um, um, but th- there are certain parameters. To, you know what what the group is teaching is going to de- dictate to some extent how the affection will be will be shown. Um, if the group is just all about you know you're great and uh, and a very humanistic you know perspective then affection is going to be shown in another way i mean in our group we might have affection by ways by by way of saying that's not a good idea don't do that we don't think that's good for you hmm? instead of being more accepting hmm? so there could be groups that just accept whatever you like hey as long as you're not hurting anybody else you know there are other criterion to consider whether that's going to help you spiritually, uh, you know. So, to 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 to, we have to have, you know, a, a, a spiritual idea in mind when we say affectionate and 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 like-minded. So I've given a broader understanding of like-minded. Now within that, we can say, so okay. I I have my inspiration coming from this guru, and you do too. So we're like-minded, but man, we're not like-minded. Mm-hmm. Hmm. On another level, that may also be there, and so then you understand that 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 you have a relationship in an overarching sense, but within that, it, it may break down to some extent. And this is just human nature. So we have differences, and there are certain devotees in our uh, group that we're going to get along with better, and than than others, we respect everyone. And, but then, the, the principle remains: you can be with those who you really have like mind with. You're going to thrive, hmm? um, and um, and actually, there and almost naturally, there's going to be affection there amongst the more like-minded um, the association is. So. Um, as I say, if you if you're looking, let's say, for spiritual life, and you come in touch with the Bhagavad Gita, and it, and you get it from a, a Gaudiya sect, and you, that perspective is you find uh, compelling and so forth, then um, then you want to associate with Gaudiya Vaishnavas, and then within the context of doing that, you're going to find some prominent Gaudiya Vaishnav who really has. Uh, a definitive kind of gives the definitive answers and, and and sets an example that you find compelling, and then you're going to want to start to hone your association from the broader context to like here I get definitive answers, and so it's not that I get a definitive answer and then I go over there and say, well, what do you think? You know, what do you think? This is not going to help you. Hmm? You get the answer, you get an epiphany, that was a good answer. You have to then follow that. Try to now keep association so that answer can become part of your life and how you live your life. Hmm? Um, so I, that brings up another point, that association is not just collecting information. Hmm? And and in the context of association with more advanced devotees, our group, and as I said earlier, it, how we how we do that association, just by collecting information? No, by serving. Hmm? Puja Patrita Marsh used to sit in the latter days of his life, 
on his veranda for two hours in the morning and two hours in the afternoon just to discuss with us, just allow us questions and so forth. But at one point in one discussion, some people were asking questions, and he said, you should know I'm not an information board. I'm not here just to give information, just to titillate your your intellect and so forth. So to associate there meaningfully with such a person, then who we understand to be superlative devotee by the way of his example and answers and so forth, then is mandated for us to serve hmm? um, in some capacity. And uh, that's what it means. That then that that's meaningful association according to Rupa Goswami's prescription. Hmm? And then you're going to and you're going to feel a result. You know when 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 you do that, hmm? right? Practical, so you have to understand these things. It's it's a bit of a, a well, it's a bit of a system or a science, if you will. There's a method to the madness of of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and there's a method to Sadhu Sangha. It's not just a big kitchery. Just throw some rice and all in the pot and turn it on the water and let it go. You know, it's it's, it's quite a refined uh, uh, offering, if you will, and uh, you need to sort these things out. So. If you find Gaudiya Vaishnavism, then you're going to find some place that it's you get the most inspiration. You should stay within that. And of course, I mean, people are going to do that in a wrong way, but whatever, or in a way that I wouldn't think was the right choice. I mean, they're going to do that. That's true. Um, but you know, we have to understand, we have to understand Gaudiya Vaishnavism. I'm not advocating a sectarian policy here. We don't have a sectarian policy. Here, there are students from different groups here, initiated, uninitiated, uh, disciples of, of my guru and other gurus, and so on and so forth. Um, um, and so, um, um, I'm not... Uh, there's, I guess there's a positive sectarianism and a pejorative you know, way of using the term. I'm trying to speak about both. Um, and uh, there are groups that are very sectarian and they, uh, you know, we don't need to criticize other, we, we need to discuss the philosophy hmm? and if other ideas are not um, in line with the, with the tradition and so forth, the teaching that uh, it's, uh, constitutes Gaudiya Vaishnavism, we were, we were bound to point that out. Um, but uh, anyway, I, these are just some thoughts that come to mind in relation to your to your question. But as, at, at any rate, as we begin to understand, I'm getting the most help here, wherever that is. Then you should take advantage of that. If at a certain point it's not helping you anymore, well, then, you know, either that's the problem is you, or the, there may be a problem on the other side. That's also possible. Hmm? You may be helped by a certain group because it offers certain things that are auxiliary to even Gaudiya Vaishnavism and you don't realize that they're auxiliary. Hmm? And the, and the Gaudiya Vaishnavism may be, theoret- the theory of it may be weak even, so you may gravitate there and then you may find that, the, that you need more understanding of the teaching and so forth and, and what was once a fountain is, is now dried up. That also happens. Hmm? 
Um, so you have to be a little courage, courageous to be a sadhaka and go forward. Now there may be, there may be reasons that are pertain to you and your inability to apply yourself that causes you not to be able to partake, to drink from the cup. And, and so you have to sort that out primarily by way of making the case. If you have a certain association and it's you're thriving in it, and then after a while you're not, then you have to bring it up and say, you know, this is not, I'm not getting whatever from this. And then we have to sincerely bring it up, and, and we can point out and see if it's you or it's me. <laughs> and um, and it could be you, it could be me, uh, theoretically. It could be neither one of the two. Hmm. There's also in-betweens. Hmm. Um, so... <laughs> That, but you need to bring it up and be sorted out. And if someone is a qualified leader, they'll help you to go. They'll, they'll be able to recognize, oh, the problem is me. I'm not able to nourish this person sufficiently. Hmm? And I could, then I should suggest they should get nourishment over here. Hmm? Um, and if the problem is you, then you may also have to say, go over there. That's, that may also be a problem. Or they may be, they may be to stay here and this is why and so on and so forth. Um, or it may be, uh, to say, in between. So, but the the objective of the teacher is to help you to make progress. It's not to have some follower or something in the pocket. Mm-hmm. So you have a pension plan, you know, for the for your old age or something like that. It's it's to help people, and um, that has to be the standard of uh, leadership in Krishna consciousness. It's not always the case, unfortunately, and that's part of the problem that you're talking about. But uh, it is a it is a minefield, and people are going to get blown up. <laughs> that's just a fact. Practically, it's like a nuclear holocaust as compared to the environment in which I joined, which was just there was Prabhupada, there was nobody else, it was a very faithful environment, and now it's like a nuclear nuclear. The day after, you know, is the is the landscape. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, I'm active there. Pujapachita Marsh asked me to do relief work uh, for the those suffering from radiation and so forth. <laughs> so make make an make I make make an effort. We got a lot of damaged goods that come our way that you know, <laughs> we work on, and, and uh, we've, we've been able to help some. So. I'm happy for that. That's what I was asked to do by him. Prabhupada asked me to do outreach. Sridhar Maharshi asked me to do relief work. So we do we do both. So what else? Yes. Um, I was listening to one of your lectures a little while back. You made you were making the point that some bhakti can descend to the Madhima platform, but then you also said that a kanishtha could temporarily ascend to the Medina platform for preaching purposes, and that really confused me. I think you might have heard that wrong. Um, I'd be surprised if I said, how, yeah, I said that. Um, uh, the idea there is that um, that the intermediate stage, which is characterized by discrimination, Hmm? which is, I mean, to use your intelligence if you're going to 
disseminate, be involved in dispensation of Krishna consciousness. You have to use your intelligence. And you cannot be in a swoon, hmm, in a trance. Find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would go into a trance, he would come out. But he was not doing that when he's preaching to Prakashananda or converting Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. So he's acting like an intermediate devotee. The background of that, however, of course, is his higher realization. So that intermediate type of um, consciousness of the external world has a background to it that makes whatever he does say very powerful. Hmm? It will be less powerful from one who doesn't have the same background or the capacity to go into a trance like Mahaprabhu did, for example. Hmm? But um, Mahaprabhu was just constantly in a, in a trance. Sometimes he's in, in fully an internal consciousness, sometimes he's half and half, sometimes he's in fully external consciousness. Hmm? And um, you've got to be in somewhat, at least half external consciousness, if not fully, to, to preach. Hmm? So that's kind of the idea. Um, and uh, so you can come from the higher side down to that, or you can have ascended there from the Kanishta platform. You can, can become an odd, a Madhya Madhikari, obviously. And then you're in a good position to do that kind of work. Not in as good a position as someone who comes down, so to speak, to do that. So maybe that's what I was referring to. As a Kanishta, you can go to the Madhyam platform by way of progress in, in the intermediate platform, and then you're in a position to properly um, um, share the teachings, having understood them, because one of the characteristics of the intermediate devotee is understanding the teachings, having applied their intellect in, in the, uh, to the teachings well, and so forth. Um, but the Kanishta can't just decide to become a Madhyam for a while. <laughs> that doesn't work. Uh, so that's surely what I meant to have said. Uh, yes? Um, I think we had some personal experience leaving aside Sakriti that would come forward from a prior life. We saw that when... Uh, A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada, some of his young disciples would accomplish the most amazing things under his blessing. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to reconcile that with what you just said in in regards to Kanista Adhikari's preaching effectively. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes we can be bayered and carried by the association of of a Superlative devotee to do things that we would not be able to otherwise. Hmm. Um, and then, in his or her absence, we see you know everything. The dust settles, and we see where we're at um, and what the work at hand is. Yes, you had a question. Yeah. Um, we were talking yesterday about uh, Krishna's different shaktis and. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of thinking about the relationship with them, uh, with the metaphor of fire and such, and mm-hmm. I was just thinking about his uh, external shakti and and how we're sort of uh, the jiva shakti is 
covered by that often, and then can go into both the external and internal. I'm just, I'm sort of wondering uh, from from Krishna's perspective, uh, what is sort of the purpose of the external? Like, why isn't it all internal? Um, like, with a fire, what is the purpose for smoke, maybe, for signal and stuff? Um, I don't know if the metaphor breaks down, but, uh, and in that regard, um, because he comes and teaches as Chaitanya and his associates, and, and he sort of enters the, seemingly enters the external. I was just thinking, like, what is, why? <laughs> like, why at all? Why not just all, always, once you enter the internal, you never go back, but why the external to begin with? Is it a molding of joy or some sort? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What we what we see in terms of our experience is that there is an external world, hmm? an objective world. That's how we experience life, hmm? right? We are a subject experiencing, and there's an objective world that we experience. That's our everyday, you know, experience. And um, and we also, if we look carefully at it with the help of good uh, guidance, let's say from the Gita and so forth, and so as we see that our interaction with that world, as it appears, is, is problematic. Hmm? We see that, we experience it. So when we talk about it, it's kind of like, yeah, that's true. That is what happens. I get attached to things, and they don't, they don't, they don't endure, and they become a problem. I bought a thing. I thought it was going to be great. It's not as good as what I thought it was going to be, and I still owe for it. And just to give a crude example, so um, I'm going to give you a, an answer like the Buddha would give you. Uh, not too bad. Um, but it's basically, this is your experience. There is an external world. Hmm? And your experience with it is, is that it's, it's, it's problematic in certain ways. We don't need to go into all the details. We've done that repeatedly. And so, rather than wondering why it's there, hmm, as if to say, maybe I don't, shouldn't buy into this. It doesn't make a lot of sense why it, does it, it's not our our position to wonder why things are there as much as it is to deal with things that are actually there. Hmm? It is there is a problem. Hmm? Our interaction with the external world is 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 is, is problematic. It's a, it's not a, it doesn't seem to be quite the perfect fit that we feel life should should be. Hmm? We're a little bit like a fish out of water. Trying to always adjust it and and uh, you know dampen the beach or something like that, but it's not like being in the water. Hmm? And so, um, if we deal with the problem, then we rise above the problem, hmm? and then we have a perspective to look at the problem that's different than the one we're in now, which enables us to perhaps understand the why of it, um, but. 
your question is kind of like, why is there anything? Why is there something instead of nothing? It's a famous philosophical question. Why is there something instead of nothing? Why is there God? Why am I? Hmm? It's modified slightly because it's like, why not all good? Hmm? Instead of sometimes bad. Hmm? There are different ways to answer it. It's probably not, there's no one way that's going to satisfy everybody. But, I mean, you could say, without bad, how is there good? Bad is absence of good. Um, uh, you know, why isn't there light only? And why, why, is, why is there darkness? Um, they, uh, the fact is, they are, there are both. Hmm? Um, now, that said, that's kind of the Buddha answer. The Buddha answer is, just deal with it. Okay, it's a problem. Deal with it, and then once you solve the problem, then, then there'll be answers that that it won't that, that will satisfy you. That that uh, won't satisfy you now, or can't be articulated now, because the problem is that you're under the influence of it. So that said, um, there is another answer that I'll give you. It's basically, why is there a material world? Hmm? There's a couple answers. You could say, why? Why is so? Why is there um, suffering? You can say that that's like saying, why didn't God make a square circle? That doesn't make any sense, right? There's no such thing as a square circle, right? What I mean by that is, if you are a unit of, fr- of freedom, of will, if you have will, means you have some freedom, right? Will means choice. You're an agent of, of choice. So, and that ultimately also translates into action. So, you're... Uh, unit of will, an agent of action, different ways of talking about it. Um, so, there, you're an element, a monad of, of freedom, unlike, unlike matter. You know, it doesn't have freedom to make choices, right? So, if you say, why didn't God make people or jivas that are free? Hmm? that didn't have a bad choice to make. That's like saying, why didn't God make a square circle? Do you understand? You can't, you can't have a unit of freedom, will, and at the same time militate that they can, they can never make a bad choice. Just These two don't go together. So which one do you want? So you want the freedom... Gandhi said to the British, who said to him, you Indian people are not fit to rule. He said, well, we want the freedom to rule wrong, but we want freedom. <laughs> Something like that. So if you want freedom, if you value that, that I'm a unit of will, then you have to take what comes with it. There has to be the chance that you're going to you know, make the wrong, wrong choice, so to speak. Hmm? 
So this is the nature of the tatasa jiva. It, it's a certain type of will. It's different than the swarup shakti. Um, and and for order, order to be what it is, then it has to be able to make wrong decisions. So there has to be that opportunity. This is another kind of answer. Um, but to go further, um, if the God is all-loving, then a certain kind of love is is compassion, right? There may be fraternal love, parental love, maybe romantic love, and there may be compassionate love. So if the Godhead is dwelling in his own realm that's luminous and joyful and so forth. Hmm? Then it would appear that in that realm there's no opportunity to to experience compassion. So if God is going to be the uh, the uh, the, uh, the perfect object of love, then he or she God has to be able to reciprocate in all forms of love and be familiar with all forms of love. Compassion is 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 only possible if there are those that need to be um, helped. Hmm? So it's mentioned in Krishnadasa's book, Chaitanya Charitamrita, that Narayan in Vaikuntha, he has all these liberated persons there. Hmm? And sometimes he thinks, I want to bestow, this is such a nice thing, these forms of liberation, salokya, samipya, sarupya, I want to bestow it on someone. I'd like to give this to someone. But there's no one to give it to. Everybody's liberated. So they can't be compassionate in that realm. Therefore, to correspond with this aspect of God, it's not something that happens in time, but we're just limited in the way we can talk about it. For, for there to be a dimension in the Godhead of compassionate love, there needs to be a realm that corresponds with it where it fits, where it can be expressed. Hmm? And so there is a feature of Narayan called Mahavishnu, Ma and he manifests such that through him Narayan can experience the expression of compassionate love. And it's from that Mahavishnu that all these jivas conditioned by matter come and he presides over the, the darkness, if you will, over the Maya, Maya Shakti. And through him the avatars come. He's the original avatar. Hmm? Because he's in the Paravilm, in the spiritual world. And he manifests outside of it, although beyond it, hmm? and has jurisdiction of it, and from him come little samples like of himself, the one becomes many, and because they're small, unlike him, in the face of the Maya Shakti, they find themselves in a predicament that he, in the face of the Maya Shakti, does not. And so he avatars or descends and makes the Veda available and so forth to share it with them that they might meet there their um, maker and with the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu a special thing kind of thing happens 
Whereas not the typical avatar comes, but Swayam Bhagavan Krishna's coming and in pursuit of Radharani. So there's a special dispensation at that time that takes place. Hmm? So, in order that the Godhead be full in love, because your question says, well, if he's all-loving, hmm? in a sense, if the God is all-loving, this is kind of the same genre of your of question as yours. If God is all-loving, why is there a place of, of suffering? Hmm? Well, if God is all-loving, then he has to be compassionate also, so there has to be some scope for that. Hmm? And so they were here we find ourselves in what's called the Shrishti Leela. It's a type of Leela, the Leela of creation, the play of creation, the play of expanding the world and contracting the world and, and so forth. And, and then the avatars come. It's a drama. Hmm? And that's a very, of course, uh, you know, metaphysical answer. Um, and we see, but we see practically that if we follow that answer and apply ourselves to the compassionate outreach of Vishnu, that our suffering ends. Hmm? So then st- this starts to make sense hmm? from, from, the, from, the, from practical experience. Hmm? But again, I mean, why is there darkness? You know, why is there anything? Some questions are like, there are certain things and how to deal with them is, is, is the issue. Why is there God? Why is there a universe? Hmm? Why, why am I? Um, why questions only go so far as <laughs> important as they, as they are. Hmm. But this is a kind of a, in philosophy or in theology, it's called theodicy, basically. Basically the question is, if God is all good, why is there a world of darkness? Why aren't we all there with God? And something like, like that. So there are a lot of different ways to answer it. But often this emphasis on the freedom of the jiva as a unit of will is is central to uh, many uh, traditions in terms of how they, they answer it. The idea of a world for, that the God is all loving and and compassion is part of that loving. This is very Godia idea, very nice idea, actually. Um, and. And there's uh, there 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 are kind of fringe benefits for the, those who are bound and become liberated. They have experience of being delivered that the nitisiddhas don't have experience of. Hmm. It affords them a particular perspective hmm. experientially. Others may see it, know about it, but. Hmm. Some are also participated in that compassion by descending with, with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he comes, for example. Hmm. Um, so, does that help? Yeah, great. Uh, just a small follow-up. Um, yeah. So, the, uh, the love of compassion or that, that feeling and that sharing of compassion or whatever it is, is that... Uh, is that a relationship in the spiritual world, or does that end once? It's kind of the yeah. I understand your question. It's not a rasa hmm, to have with Krishna. Hmm. There is something called karunya rasa, which is it. It does mean mercy, but it's 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 different in that Krishna is the object. Hmm. For example, 
Mother Yasoda has compassion for Krishna. Hmm? So that's different than Krishna having compassion for Mother Yasoda, hmm? who's the devotee. So the devotee sees Krishna as an object of compassion. Hmm? That's peculiar. <laughs> uh, and, but no, uh, yeah, the worldly compassion is the high end of love in this world and the low end from the spiritual perspective. So selfishness here is on the low end and you rise up higher. And then you go through the different types of love in the material world. So you have romantic, illicit romantic love. It's like the low end of love. It's just for lust only something, you know. It's it's the low end. Then you come to romantic love and then you go to um, parental love. Is it? How does it go? Uh, romantic is the low end. Then it comes parental love. Yeah, parental love is a little higher. Hmm? But uh, friendly love is even higher because there you can you can just tell tell your friend as it is. Truth, in other words. Hmm? Yeah. And. In parental love, you don't always tell your kids the truth. You can't, you know, you're just too biased and whatever. But friends equals, they just lay it out there, you know. So, <laughs> so, that, so that then you go from there to teacher and student. That's even higher. The relationship is pure. You're only teaching. That's where you, you, the compassion comes. So it's on the high end. And then you go to the other side. It starts building up the other way. And that's the basis there. And then you would have friendly love and parental love. and So it's upside down, something like that. Hmm. But that said, in the progression of love spiritually, whatever is included in the, in the less um, developed form of love is included in the, in the more developed form of love. So compassion does... The fact that God is compassionate, so to speak, it, it does, doesn't go away, but it may be overridden hmm, by intimacy and and the fact that there's no practical need for it, so to speak. Hmm. But we find great devotees who are in all types of relationship with Krishna, also emphasizing his compassionate, kind nature, and uh, and. Uh, it happens in the, in the, in the manifest Leela. Krishna shows compassion to Kubja. So they know that about him. Does that help? Yeah. yeah. So, so here we are. <laughs> so we have to deal with that uh, suffering, problem, darkness, and ways, bringing the light. What else? Yes. I was going to ask if you could share something with the children practically that they can do um, when they're just going to school and living their lives, and then maybe you can check up on them in the spring and see if the things that you tell them, ask them how they're doing on them. Just some practical things that maybe they could take into their lives. Like following a codice? Sure. <laughs> and then all your friends go, how come you're not eating any, any grains today? Then you have to say, we follow this tradition, and we think that 
well, first of all, we're vegetarians, and so our main food is grains, and we think that that the world would be fed much more easily through grains than through meat, because all the grains it takes to make a make a, an animal fat to to kill and eat is not economically environmentally wise. You probably know that argument. You've heard it. You've taught that to your kids. So they, they and you have to make that argument to your friends, for example. But then, further, to further that idea that we make that we, we fast from the main thing that we eat, which is grains, chapatis, rice, bread, and so forth, twice a month. And we think that if, that if everybody did that, especially in the affluent countries, then there would be so much more abundance of grain available. And on those days, we, we twice a month, on the 11th day of the waning and the waxing moon, we, fa- we fast from grains. Also, because we're devotees, we try to control our senses and our minds. We don't just let them go everywhere. Hmm? We we try to, and, and and the body is made primarily of fluids, and so the moon controls the tides, right? The ocean, and so it, it also controls the the, the flow of the, the, the liquidity of the body, and so on. It's thought in Hinduism that on the eleventh of the day of the waning and the waxing moon, the fluids in the body rise and they put more pressure on the senses to indulge and contact the sense objects. So by fasting from grains, then we, re- we counteract that, that influence and we can remain more focused. That's a lot to remember, <laughs> but your parents can explain it. And, that's it. and then you have some, some you follow a codice and then one of the kids asks you why you're doing that, you don't go, I don't know. <laughs> Mom, why are we doing that? We're weird. <laughs> no, you've got, an, you've got a well-thought-out answer. So, and it make, and you, should, you should be convinced of it, otherwise you won't be. Don't do it just because you know, you, somebody told you to. I mean, at a certain point, you should. But when you start, <laughs> when questions start coming, if your parents can't answer them, then they can't expect you to follow them either. <laughs> But they can always say, ask Gurmaraj. <laughs> so I've given a brief answer. I don't expect the kids to remember it all, but the parents should. And then you could tell them, then he said, this Gurmaraj suggested you follow the codice because that'll probably bring some questions, you know. When you know, somebody offers you a cookie, you say, sorry, it's a codice. Huh? What? What's a codice? We do that, and this is why. Hmm? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu thought this was important enough to emphasize. So we do it because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu emphasized it. Hmm. There's more to Ekadasi, of course. Um, Ekadasi is um, the uh, upavas means to fast. So we, we fast on Ekadasi, but upavas also means to, to become close, to reside close. Vas also means residence, so to reside close. So it's two days of the month we make a special effort to reside closer to God hmm, and think more about Krishna. And when we think about Krishna, we think of offering things 
to Krishna and to such an extent that we might even forget about our own sensual demands and therefore we will fast <laughs> in the context of a positive uh, uh, approach. The negative is, is the outward um, expression, the fasting. It's complicated, I'm sorry. But so that's my advice. How's that? Thank you. That's good. Do we all have any questions that we haven't answered for you? you ask? Yeah, you can always ask me questions. You guys can write me, too. Your parents have my address. You can write me questions. I can try to answer. I like you all. You don't have to be afraid of me. I'm pretty approachable. But, um, yeah, I look forward to spending more time with you in the future. Most of you have more difficult years ahead. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so we're trying, trying to prepare you for that. <laughs> The teenage years are difficult, difficult. The problem with the teenagers is that they know everything. <laughs> they know everything. Hmm. Yes? I guess while well, on the topic of children, what about practical advice for the teenagers that are um, just starting into high school or in the middle school and dating? Like what kinds of, what kinds of, I don't know, like what kind of advice can you give them? From well, I gave a nice lecture on this actually not so long ago to a Hindu community in um, Charlotte. I don't know if you heard that, but... Um, yeah. yeah. Well, what I talked about was from the parents' point of view of how to, you know, kind of prepare their kids for, for that and so forth and how to think about it themselves as it's happening. And I, I, I talked about the importance of core principles and so forth that really make unarguably good, unarguably good sense, really good sense, like vegetarianism from so many different angles it makes sense. Sexuality, for example. So as you become an adolescent, sexuality, sexual aspect of your humanness comes into play, and so it's like this whole new thing just happened to me, like, whoa, you know? And I look at people differently, and and suddenly, you know, it was, used to be when I got a birthday present, it was a sweater, and I go, that's dumb, a sweater? <laughs> you know, or something, and that's sweater, yeah. What do I look like? All of a sudden becomes important, and and uh, so it, it, it does something to certain hormones start to function in ways that they, they weren't before and uh, or whatnot and so the head starts to spin and the world looks looks different um, and then the parents are all worried oh no the kids are gonna have sex and what will happen to them and of course they are what happened to you <laughs> so <laughs> you have to you have to tell your you know you have to tell your kids this, you have to tell them honestly, and I think this is pretty honest. You have to say to them, you know, 
you, you're, you're going to find yourself in this situation or you are finding yourself in this situation and it's going to be positive and it's going to be negative. It's going to be, there are going to be ups and downs to it and it's going to be disconcerting and, and, and encouraging at times in different ways and, and, and so forth. It's like, uh, you know, like, a, like an ocean, you know, well, with, uh, on, a, on a stormy day. But you can tell your kids, the, and I think most of you can say this honestly, the best thing that we got, that I got, out of expressing my own sexuality was you. That's the best thing that came out of it. Hmm? So that is, the, that is how to understand this tendency, this urge, this, what it, in its most meaningful expression, this is what it results in. So if you want to get into it, <laughs> so to speak, this is the best thing that can possibly come out of it. The other things that seem to be the benefits are so insignificant in comparison that after once we had you, that we, we started to see it in that, in that way. And, and you, you impressed that upon them, that there's something very valuable, important in this, but it's not the things that the popular culture promotes are the, the, the real benefits of it. Hmm? Those aren't the benefits of it. Hmm? And if that can be instilled in, in, in them, and they might forget it for a while, but, you know, they'll, you know, it's those, and that's all you can do. As parents, you can only impress those kinds of ideas that, that, such that the kids will eventually turn back to you and go, you were pretty smart, you know, you were pretty wise, you, you know. And, and you have to say that with, with this, when you may do otherwise, you may think, but this is my experience, and it's your father's experience, and it's your aunt's experience, and your uncle's experience, and so on and so forth. And that should, you know, some t- s- register with them at some point, hmm? stick with them, and their own experience will confirm it as, as, as well. And, you know, the turbulence of those times are just like times you got to go through, that's all. Parents got to, like, hold on, you know, that's how they, whoa, my kid is going, and, and she's not the right girl, I can see, and he's not the right guy, and... You can't get that, you know, in this culture, you can't get that involved. You've got to set a good example, be wise, give wisdom, emphasize these types of things, really important things that, that you, you, you can't, be, can't be refuted, so to speak, practically. Hmm? Instill those types of foundational points in them, and that will carry the day ultimately. Hmm? Um, it will anchor them, so to speak. That uh, they'll they'll go adrift a bit, but you know they'll be anchored back to that. And um, and and I think that uh, you know every 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 culture also has the same thing in mind. Um, all parents want their kids. To either be a brahmachari <laughs> or or devotee parents, or, or but all parents want mostly that's rare, but amongst devotee parents that you can find that interest. But all parents want their kids to have a meaningful life. They want them to get, marry the right girl or guy and have a nice family 
and have it work out even better than, than our family. That's what everybody wants. And American culture is very different than, say, your you know, Indian culture of times gone by and so forth. But they basically both want the same thing, and they had different approaches. It's not so useful to argue which approach is better, because you live in a country right now that has a certain approach, and you know that's the way it's going to work. And it involves, you know, you, you, you might have... Um, been and I was talking to Indian families and they they all they were all they all married because their parents picked out somebody and so but they said now our kids are here and it's not doesn't work like that and I said it's not that's not a bad thing it, it's just a different method of arriving at the same thing so you experiment beforehand that's the that's the system here in America and but you have to instill what the objective in all this is you have to instill in them the, the fact that for example the infatuation is something that comes and it goes. It's magic. And when the magic's gone, it's gone. you don't look for other magic. You don't just go, well, the magic's gone. You have to realize, it's only magic. Oh, I got it. It's only magic. Hmm? You don't go for another magic show, another magic show, another magic show. You realize, oh, it's magic, and you don't, I don't believe in magic. Hmm? So get, let's get to the reality here. You know, what What this attraction is about hmm? and what it involves if you want to, don't want to be an illusion about it totally and just chasing after some magical infatuated this in modern society kind of promotes this, this this infatuation can just go on forever and you know it's just it's 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 really a disservice it happily ever after you know again it's 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 of course looked at philosophically it's also talking about what we ultimately can attain and spiritually and so forth but, but um, uh, you, 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 you have to kind of emphasize to such people young teenagers look yeah you're infatuated you know, it's going to pass and then what's going to be left with it and so prepare them for that so get you know have some factor some wisdom in and so forth and uh, and uh, that's the best you you could do and then they'll, they'll settle into some situation hopefully and, or have the the kind of uh, um, advice, you know, that uh, is a forewarning and um, gives them the whole picture. And then when you give them the whole picture, they may say, I think I will be a brahmachari, uh, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> there was uh, one Indian family uh, and the... Uh, the, the the wife, the mother of the family, was telling me that she had a, a son and he had three friends, hmm? and they were all tight, you know. And so he'd come home and sometimes bring the friends over, and they'd have, you know, they were always together and stuff like that. So she used to sometimes make lunches for them. And so she made lunch, and and she'd always ask how they liked it because you know she's Indian, she cooks different and so forth, and it's vegetarian. And so her son would say, "Oh, they really liked it. I really liked it." And um, she asked, you know, um, how did, uh, you know, how did Tommy like it, you know? He said, oh, Tommy wasn't, isn't, wasn't there. Well, why not? He's not hanging out with us so much anymore. Really? What happened? Before guys were so tight, you know, all of you. He says, yeah, well, you know, Mary came along. <laughs> and, uh, and so Tommy's not hanging with us that much anymore. She said, oh, and I, and then she tried to explain something to him, and, and and it wasn't making a lot of sense. And so then, a couple other times, you know, you see Tommy. I haven't seen him. We haven't seen him lately, you know. And then another time, how's Tommy doing? 
you know, we don't see him much, but he seems happier. He seems happier. Somebody's got something going that's, you know, better than than the group, you know. And mother just listened, and then after a while, um, uh, she said, "Hey, have you seen have you seen Tommy lately?" She says, "Yeah, we we he, he he's he's yeah yeah he really liked the you know the the, the doll you made, you know." Oh yeah, he yeah he said, um, "Too much." Um, too much, too much maintenance. High maintenance. Too high maintenance. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then he had, you know, seen the whole cycle. <laughs> he had seen the whole cycle, and the mother felt it was like a real teachable moment. Like, okay, you know, now let's talk about that and play that out and <laughs> see where it all goes and ends up. And and, it's, and that just prepares you to understand it better and, and, and be more prepared to be in a relationship if that's your, you know, your destiny. Or, you know, you may have to go through a couple to, you know, see your way through it and sensibly, with your feet on the ground and your head straight on, you know, decide not, not to pursue it. Instead of just like, yes, I'll be a barometer. I mean, we can encourage that too, but we'll all go, well, we'll see, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that... Uh, that uh, you kind of have to just this double life. You get all this philosophy; it's good. You're inspired, and then the whole school system is different, and the friends are different, and it's it's disconcerting. Uh, but the you know the home example and devotee extended family and so forth should be there to to help, and, and they should be kind and generous and understanding, and you know. Let it play itself out to some extent. And always be waiting to catch you, you know, if you should fall, something like that. Hmm. <laughs> what else? What's the time now? Oh, it's okay. So we've had some nice discussions. Nice to see you all. And I'll be here another ten days, right? You can always come back. Some other devotees are coming next week, right? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Shishi Gauranam Adava Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanande. Thank you, Devanta Chakrai Swami Ki Jai.